everybody welcome to the trap podcast i am your host bill botch along with senior it is monday september 18th 2023 and hockey is right around the corner we are one week away from the first preseason game of the year and um we got some things that we want to go over that have happened in the the metropolitan division and also we have uh we'll take a look at the prospect challenge that just took place up in what was that buffalo or boston they had it was up in buffalo yeah so um but first things first um how about that giants game yesterday there you go that's go giants that was a scary one um i don't know how many of you uh are in central jersey but this weekend was the see here now festival in asbury park hosted by danny clinch the food fighters were headlining and it was really cool um it was like perfect weather this weekend and we had uh i live i live right next to asbury park so a bunch of the families and friends of ours throw this big party um and it was awesome just getting everybody together and the kids were there and we ended up we walked over from lock arbor to uh to the um festival yesterday and the beach boys were playing oh there you go yeah and john stamos <laughs> is the is the drummer for the beach boys <laughs> but, does that make it better or worse <laughs> but um it really is amazing how many songs they they have that you know that you know obviously no, it's like but uh yeah, every the, other there, commercial from the '80s had a Beach Boys. There, there was like a. I was like, "Oh, this is a song from Look Who's Talking." Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, when the sperm is going through in the beginning to the egg. Adrian's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, Ugh. so, uh, so yeah. And then there was like a there was like a northern wind, and the and the the stage was facing south, and like I don't think that the Beach Boys had enough energy to propel their voices with the even with the speakers against the wind so <laughs> we couldn't hear anything so we left and when we were walking out we were walking north to lock harbor and you could hear it loud and clear so we were able to hear everything uh from out there but um weezer played and then the food fighters headlined last night and i i know a bunch of people that went to that we had the kids and we were we went to the late night show on Saturday and if anybody that doesn't know, so Danny Clinch throws the whole festival and then on Saturday night, he has a late night show at the stone pony and he usually gets a bunch of the artists that are performing in the festival to come through and play inside the pony. It's pretty exclusive, right? So um, Saturday night, Nathaniel Rateliff and the night sweats came through and they played and then the killers came through and they played, um, some Bruce stuff and it was it was cool they played Ophelia that was kind of cool oh, nice yeah so it was a really awesome weekend I saw some I saw definitely saw some devil's gear out in the crowd and oh man actually let me pull it up um this guy uh Adam Melkor I'm not really familiar with him but he's uh he's a musician who was playing there and he wore a devil's jersey on stage during his entire uh during his entire set. So that was kind of cool. I posted that and he, he reposted it and, um, whose Jersey. Yeah. It was, it wasn't numbered. It was just, just a, generic. yeah, it was a generic Jersey, but it was still pretty cool. Um, so yeah, he was just representing and, uh, but then on, so when I was walking home from the beach boys, uh, which I'll probably never say that again, but, on my way home from the Beach Boys concert, we uh, I was I was like holding the kids' hands crossing the street, and uh, 
And I said, age, check the score of the Giants game. And she said, it's 20 nothing. And I said, all right, well, that sounds about right. I mean, the, the Cardinals are the worst team in the league, literally. Um, and then she's like, no, the Cardinals are winning. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So we ended up, we got back to our buddy Dave's house as the second half was starting. And we watched the second half there. And Perfect, it was really yeah. exciting to see the the Giants come back and, and show some character. And Daniel Jones, he, Daniel Jones is a tough dude. It's like, so, and, and Barkley, I mean, I hope he's not injured too bad. I mean, he, it looked like an ankle sprain. I mean, they, yeah, very, they, very briefly. I just read they said uh, he has a high ankle sprain. Oh, geez. That's they like said the it's not as bad. It's not as bad as it could have been, though. They said it was a high ankle sprain, really? They did. They said it was a high ankle Ugh. sprain, but it's not, not as bad as you would think it. it would yeah, be. so it sucks because they're on a short week, too. So they're going to... They're staying out west, and then they're going to go up to San Francisco for the game on Thursday night versus the 49ers, which is going to be very difficult for them. Um, and we're going to actually be together. We're headed out to Asheville, um, North Carolina, on Thursday to for your 65th birthday. We're going, uh, we're going hiking out in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We're going to have uh, Kyle with us, a.k.a. The Pickle, is going to be there. And we're going to spend uh, four days out in Asheville celebrating your birthday and just getting out into the woods and, and getting into some trouble. Um, I haven't told you, but I, I'm actually, I'm on your flight. I'm flying out in the Oh, morning. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, we'll be able to watch the Giants game out there too. So that should be I'll cool. I'll send you back a cookie from first class. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, – yeah, I'm thinking maybe I might even bring my gear. I bought this travel bag. It's really small, and you could put it all in there. We could record when we're out there, too, in person, um, because it'll be the day before uh, our first preseason game. So training camp will be underway. And I actually want to do an episode. I really do. I want to do an episode just on um, us growing up and playing hockey because I think a lot of the people that do these podcasts and stuff have never played hockey before. I mean, I, I would right. think majority of them probably never played competitively or anything. And not that we were any, anything special at all, but we did spend a lot of time on the ice and went up to Canada and, and did the whole thing. And we have so many fun and hilarious stories to tell about growing up in rinks and stuff <laughs> that, um, it would be fun. It would, I thought it might be a, a funny episode to have between me, you, and Kyle sitting around, like, telling stories. We could tell stories all we, night yeah, on the stuff that's happened at, in a rink. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just floating that idea around, and, and, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, so we'll be out in Nashville this weekend, and maybe we'll have a, a new episode for you guys uh, coming this weekend. We're going to have a lot of new uh, content coming, obviously, because camp – players report to camp on Wednesday. Um, and right now it's really hard to, to listen to the radio or, or, or get into any kind of hockey news without talking about Mike Babcock, obviously, which is what has gone on in Columbus. And, you know, we'll, let's just get right into it. So, you know, he asked to see the phones of the players on his team and he scrolled through their pictures without, without any regard for, for them. Right. And he not only sc scrolled through them, but he projected them through airplay, like up on a monitor. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's a guy who has a, such a long, horrible past of being such a piece of shit. He, you know... You know, you'd look at what he did with Mike Madonna, where Mike Madonna is arguably, you know, he's in the conversation as greatest American hockey player of all time. I would say it's between him right. and Patrick Kane and maybe Chris Chelios. And it's like Mike Madonna was in his 21st year as an NHLer, and he wanted to hit the 1500 game goal, uh, game mark played, which is like right. very rare. And, and he signed a one year contract with. The Detroit Red Wings and Babcock was a coach and they had clinched the playoffs and everything. And Babcock sat him in the last game of the season. So he has 14.99 total games played yeah, for no that's, reason. That's and, just and, terrible. And, and, and there's been just stories and stories about Mike Babcock just berating players and embarrassing them in the locker room and telling them, 
you can't even get changed with us going to the shower and take your clothes off and do all this. And, and he just has such a, a horrible reputation as being a good hockey coach and just a really shitty person. I think John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen really, I, I don't get what the reasoning was to go after a coach like this. I mean, you look at what you look at the exodus of players that have left Columbus over the past decade and that's a place where they're trying to build a hockey culture. They're trying to make it a place that people want to go. Um, you know, you had Panarin walk away. You had Pierre-Luc Dubois demand a trade. You had Sergei Bobrovsky leave. You've had player after player that have, you know, that you could have built your team around really. And then they decided that they didn't want to play in Columbus anymore. You finally have a bunch of these high draft picks. You have some good young players. You have a Zach Wierenski. You just drafted Adam Fantilli, who looks like he's going to be amazing. Um, you ha- you finally have Johnny Gaudreau pick and choose to come there to be a, a guy that you know goes out of his way to make that his destination, and then you hire this highly, you know, uh, what what am I trying to say? He's a, he's like. Uh, polarizing you know like he he's like a really polarizing guy (laughs) you like hire this asshole to be like your coach and it's like for what it's not like they were right on the cusp of winning a stanley cup and they needed a new voice to come in and kind of push them over the edge and you know they needed you know they were playing good cop bad cop and they needed somebody that was going to hold everybody accountable this is a team in a regrowing period and you know for him to and then what was really weird was they had Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner both come out, but it was weird. It was it was the way that they did it. So Johnny Gaudreau said, "I didn't think that there was anything wrong with it." He asked for my phone and he wanted to see pictures of my family. And this is his exact. It's, it's I'm paraphrasing, but this is exactly how it went down. He said, "And I showed him pictures of my kids, and I showed him pictures of my mom." my mom and my dad and I showed him pictures of my dog and he never said I showed him pictures of my wife. (laughs) And, And it's like, you know, when you're a 25 year old kid or if you're a 28 year old who's, you know, married or something like that, it's like he, this guy could be just fishing for pictures of your players and, and, and guys wives. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's so unacceptable. And there's really, there's no, there's literally no reason for that. And for him to take someone else's phone and start going through their pictures, if you want to say, Hey, listen, we want everyone to get to know each other better. We want this to be like a family. Why don't we bring in, bring in some photos of you and your family let me know who it is, where you're on vacation stuff like that so that you can build a camaraderie and family within your organization. I completely understand that, but to grab somebody's phone and just start scrolling through all the stuff, especially with young kids who don't feel like they're not veterans. Like they might feel awkward standing up for themselves because it could potentially hurt their career. You know what I mean? So the whole thing was, was just, you know, now they fire their coach or he resigns, however you want to put it three days before training camp starts. Right. And this is a team who obviously look like garbage last year, but they were riddled with injuries. They went out and they signed Proveroff. They signed Severson. So their back end has improved. Um, and it's like, and and they draft Frantilli and he looked amazing in his prospect challenge. He had, he had right. four points in a game and a hat trick. Um, I think he's going to be a really foundational piece for the organization. But at what point, like is John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen responsible for making such a horrible decision and bring and shedding such a horrible light on the organization to where they have gotten a pass time and time again, where people have left there um, and they've never won anything. So it's not like, well, you know, we continue to be successful and if people want to leave, we're able to replace them or whatever. It's like Columbus has never done anything. And I would think at some point ownership is going to, I, I, I can't, I can't expect Kekalainen 
to be there much longer after what has transpired over the past two weeks. And, and, and to get into it, you know, the guy that brought all of this to and shed light on all this and really like put the, the nail in him was um, Bassinet. I thought that I, what they were saying, um, that it was a, a highly touted uh, rookie. I thought that automatically thought that they were talking about Fantelli, that he was like, he was the person that brought this to light. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I'm saying Paul Bassanet, you know, Paul Bassanet, like, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Paul Bessonette, the guy that you hate that doesn't button his shirt during the TNT oh, broadcast. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. okay. He's the guy that brought all this to light. So Paul Bessonette is literally the most influential media member in the NHL by far. And he's basically like picture like almost like a modern day like Don Cherry to where he has like a lot of clout, a lot of weight, a lot of hockey people love him. He's outspoken. He just says what he wants. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but like, it's kind of like a give and take. Like he's, he's so outspoken and so over the top that it draws in a lot of people, but, and then there's going to be people that hate him. This guy is extremely influential on what happens in the NHL. And he drilled Mike Babcock over this right in the beginning when people were like defending it and everything. And he let it be known like, Oh, hell no. And it's because he's been around, he was, you know, he played and he's been around a lot of players who um, Mike Babcock has, has treated like shit before and he knows what goes on and he stuck to his guns even after Boone Jenner came out. And then the NHLPA actually confirmed that like, yeah, he's right. Like a lot of these kids did not feel comfortable handing over their stuff. You know what I mean? So like, there were people that came out. It wasn't just right. Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner who were like, no, it was fine. There was no harm involved and everything. He was, and he stuck to it. And sure enough, it, there were sources that said that people felt in the organization felt uncomfortable and were f- pretty much being bullied into showing them all their personal stuff on their phone. Right. And like, listen, you go through a kid's phone. It's like, God knows what you're going to see. And that's nobody's business and especially not your employer's business. So, um, I just think that there's going to be a, there has to be repercussions. And um, I saw that John Davidson put out a, 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 you know, a statement today saying we've made a mistake and everything. And it's like, you made a huge mistake. You really did. Like you made a very big mistake. Like you hired such a controversial figure and the season hasn't started. You already have a black cloud over you after you're coming off one of the worst seasons in in the, in the, in uh, franchise history. So the whole Mike Babcock situation to me is is crazy. And I just can't help but like where my mind goes is just he's like looking for pictures of people's girlfriends and wives and shit. I, I truly believe that. <laughs> and how do you feel if you're uh, Pascal Vincent, who's, who was passed over like three times for the the head coach job? So and now it's through, you know now so, it's like you're so up. Pascal v- Vincent deserved the job prior to Mike. No, Babcock. he definitely did. He definitely did. And it's like that's not the way that this guy wants to get his first head coaching job. He's not a kid. He's fifty something years old, and it's like he deserved that job. And, and to, to get it this way, it it kind of it kind of shits on his parade too. And he even came oh, out absolutely. and said that. But he is somebody that should have had the job from the very beginning. Um. But uh, just between me and you, like, and and everybody else that listens to this, um, what do you, what do you think Mike Babcock's doing when he grabs somebody's phone and starts going through it? Seriously, where do you think his mind is at? Just from a, you don't know the guy from Adam, but it's like I don't where do you think but his, going right to the photos and then doing them on airplay. Like, you know, is he, you know. What what are you doing? What are you looking for? Like, are are you looking for to see if he's a betty, better hockey player by going through his photos? Are you looking for you know naked pictures or something? Naked pictures are 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 him with a you know whatever you know 
drugs it, it, or, or like drugs are are you I, maybe maybe this player is gay or this and that it's like what are you looking for you look you're looking for trouble is what you're looking for. yeah and like why would you if you wanted to build chemistry and build relationships hold a team players, event and have everybody you know, you know like they were saying like bring one, their wives Every, or, or or not even that you could just say you could do like a bulletin board thing and you could say hey these are five pictures of my family or these are that they feel comfortable showing, you know, strangers and say like, yeah, this is my girlfriend or this is my wife. These are my kids. These are my parents. This is where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like this is what we did on vacation over the summer and you can get right. to know your team that way. Really fucking bizarre. I mean, like this is weird, Like right? This is one of the weirdest things and, and he's done. Weird. He'll never coach again in the NHL ever. Right. Well, Guaranteed. they said he, he did that when he was in Toronto. Right. He, he's gotten so much shit like and people keep coming out of the woodwork and he's always been he's always just been known for like verbally berating people and bullying people. And I don't know. I'm. It's like, OK, your 15 minutes of fame are now over. You are officially sealed your deal. You couldn't even make it to opening day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to where I, I think that you're going to see um, I think you're going to see a change in the front office. I think this could this could be the end of uh, of Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson. At the end of the day, so. it comes down on the owners, and the owners do not want to deal with this shit right now. And there were obviously tons of bad decisions made leading up to this point. And I don't need, I don't, I didn't see the risk reward when hiring him to begin with. And, and so, so here we are. Um, there was a couple. There was a couple moves that were made. Uh, leading up to uh, over the past week. One of them was the signing. We talked about how we thought that maybe Thomas Tatar was going to end up going to the Islanders and uh, that maybe Lou had him signed and was just kind of keeping things closer to the vest. But in fact, Tatar signs a deal, I believe it was for like $1.5 million for, was, to, yeah. to the Colorado Avalanche. And the Colorado Avalanche continued to um, bring in good players. I mean, he's going to be a great third line player for them. And I was listening to something recently and they were saying, you know, I think it's in Thomas Tatar's best interest to play for a team that doesn't make the playoffs because he's such a bad playoff player. And I, to me, that sounds ridiculous. It's like if I'm right. if I'm a player, uh, I want the chance to redeem myself in the playoffs if I'm coming in because he's going to be looking for another contract next year. He's not done. His right. career is not over. The guy clearly could still play, he scores 20 something goals. It's like if I. If I'm Thomas Tatar, I don't want to not play in the playoffs because I want my regular season numbers to look juice, juiced and I'm going to try to get a longer-term contract off of that. I want to play in the playoffs so that people can feel comfortable knowing right. that they're going to put me in and I can get a longer and – and I could, you know – have retributions for what for the lack of playoff success that I've had in the past. So, like, I don't think that that's the mentality of an elite athlete to begin with. Um, so – Good on Thomas Tatar for getting paid. He's going to be playing on a very good team. He's going to have Miles Wood there, who he's going to know, obviously. But Tatar has bounced around a lot at this point, and I know he's going to be looking for a long-term home. Wouldn't you have rather have kept him than signed Thomas Nusik? I mean, they're both left wings. For an extra $500,000, you could have Tatar playing on you know the third wing and – you know, you don't even know if if but Tatar is not even play. But but he's Nosek, a different player. Nosek is a fourth line player, and Tatar is a third line player. Right, right. So while I think that Tatar is probably more skilled, I think that they're looking for the heaviness that Nosek would bring, especially like down the stretch to where things get a little more. It's a little more about like. Um, you know, you got to play a little bit beefier. You know what I mean? They're looking for a right. little more size and a little, you know, people that can go into the corners and, and stuff like that. So I think I think it's a little bit of a different. I think that Colorado got a steal at one point five million dollars, yeah, clearly. Sure. And um, if the Devils could have got him at that price, would we have done it? We may have, but the, the way that I look at it is, at some point, you have to know if these kids are going to graduate to play on the third line, and you have to know if Holtz is going to be able to play, and right. you have to know if Graham Clark is going to be able to play. And I think that. You know, we looked at the prospect challenge, and I don't know how much uh, you got to see, but there was a couple things that I took away from the prospect challenge. I thought Graham Clark took a uh, took a forward step there. Do you think so? I, yeah, I do. I do. You don't? 
I thought he was I, okay. Everybody, I, just, everybody I thought he was, was okay. Yeah, everybody was happy, but him. Um, he seemed to be, you know, he seemed to be a leader. Obviously, you know, Simone Nemitz had the best, you know, so he looked like the best devil. Um, but out of all the forwards, I thought that Clark definitely looked the best. It was it was kind of what we expected. It was sloppy. <laughs> yeah, it and was. Well, there, it was there were very a lot sloppy. of no names. It wasn't even then. It was just like you're throwing a bunch of kids together who have never played together ever, right. and it's like you're. It looked very pond hockey ish, um, which I, I'm not. I don't think it's anybody's fault. Um, I just think that the situation that you're throwing these people into is, uh, you know. And then you're talking about some kids who are just never going to have a chance to play in the NHL ever. Right. And then you have like a a Nemitz and I'd like to get into his game. Obviously you you guys by this point know that I'm very high on him. Um, But you also know that I like to, I I find it very important to shoot straight and I've shot and I've told been completely honest when I've talked about Luke Hughes, how I think he's going to be a very good He's going to be a great player, but I think he he, he has to like kind of limit his his risk. Um, and there was a couple things that I noticed. Like I was really focused on Nemitz, obviously, because I wanted to see what we got out of him. And one of the things was that he he said that when he was over here in Utica, he he ended up he gained weight because of the food in North America. He's like the food's good, but it's it's just not healthy. I, he's like I I put on five pounds, <laughs> so he went back to. He went back to um, Slovakia and and he lost a bunch of weight and he came into camp much lighter. Um, he said he put on muscle, but he he, he came in lighter. Uh, so what I took away from it was the kid holds on to the puck so long that he's slow, you know. And, they, and I I think I'm it was a Kevin Deneen quote. He just slows the game down to like a halt, right? Like, and that's something that. Only the most con- you have to have a ton of confidence to hold on to the puck for that extra second or even half a second, and only the most confident, which is typically the best players, have that ability. And what it does is it just allows the game to open up to a different level. So the whole game is played in basically waves. So when you know you think about a breakout, for instance, and your and your forwards come in and they curl. And that's a and that's a wave, and everybody's on the same page, and you're able to hit that first pass, and then the second pass is in another part of the wave. And what what he's able to do is he holds on, and then it, it leads to more open ice because the right he lets the play yeah. develop. So there's more development going on. You know what I mean? It's almost like a quarterback holding the ball longer and scrambling a little bit in the pocket and allowing its receivers to get open a little bit longer. Um, and that's great. And that's that's what you want to see. And he's obviously been known for for just being a very cerebral player. With that said, there were times where he was just doing way too much. And it was like, dude, like he, he clearly wanted to put on a show. Right. And, and he clearly was the best player on the ice for the Devils. Like you said, I thought I thought the Senators looked pretty good. Um Oh shit! And I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, Ridley Gregg. I thought he played pretty good. I thought he mm-hmm. was. He might have been the best player on the ice in that game. It was him and, and Nemitz. But I, I thought that one thing that Nemitz does very good is he jumps into the play, and then he's able to find. He 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 goes like it's it's um it's tape to tape. His passes right. are good. Like right. he, he finds open people. Like he has incredible vision and he hops into the play. The first assist that he had was basically all him. He jumped in and he, he ended up, I think he hooked up Walsh on the doorstep. Right. right. Um, but, and there was another time he jumped in the play and he kind of had a behind the back pass and there was nobody trailing him. And it was like, and, and he kind of gave it up. The thing with him that I, that, I th- he he's going to need to work on and what's good is we don't need to rush him in is sometimes his him slowing the game down it looks like he's not skating 100% in the, his own zone and his coach came out and, and Deneen even said to him listen I know that you want to jump into the play I know that you can play offense you need to you need to play defense better 
And if you could play, right. and he and Nemitz was like, listen, like this is the first time I've ever played on a penalty kill before. You know what I mean? This is like I'm learning the defensive side. And he also brought up the physicality in North America is so much different right. than the physicality in Europe. And a lot of it's because they play on a smaller rink. They're guys, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these European players are super skilled because they focus much more on skill set throughout their junior career. So even when they are 15, 16 years old, they're still working on their skills, whether it's especially their skating because they have so much open ice. When you're 15, 16 years old and you're talking about making it to the show in in North America, they'll have you dump and chase the puck to win right. games. Because like these people, especially the coaches who are coaching junior teams, are getting paid big money and are looking to move their careers around and stuff. So where they're not as they're not as concerned about skill set as they are about grinding games out and winning games. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of like it's kind of like what we were talking about with the KHL and Mitchkoff. How they they don't give a shit if they just bury him because they just want to try to win games. You know what I mean? Right. So with that said, he was saying how he's really trying to work on his defensive game and he's learning how to maybe play a little bit more physical. Um, it just seemed like it was a little bit of a circus. Like he had the puck and he was just doing, it was impressive because he was doing, doing whatever what, he wanted. He's yeah. doing whatever he wanted, but it kind of reminded me almost like a Jack Hughes when he came in and it was like, whoa, dude, like chill right. out. Like you're all over okay. the place. And, and, and I kind of, that's how I kind of felt. And, um, and it was cool. He came out, he, he came out and he said that, you know, I expect to be wear a letter on this team, you know, talking about just the rookie camp right. and like, I expect to be a leader. And then the thing with him that really is such a benefit to him and it's a benefit to the devil's organization is the amount of big hockey games that the kid has played in already. Like he's been playing, played professionally and then literally has played in world juniors and all these different cups and everything. And has been the captain of the team or the assistant captain and has been the focal point of a Slovakian team. That's really kind of gone through the roof. You know what I mean? So right. he's played in a ton of big events. He's had a lot of pressure on him. Um, but I think once he plays in the NHL, that's why it's really going to be nice to see him play in the in NHL preseason instead of playing in this rookie camp because you're not really we're not really getting anything from this as, as far as I'm concerned. I need to see him and I want to see what his patience like when somebody's barreling down on him and is going to run his head through the boards. You know what I mean? Like he's going to exactly. That's when you really like it's like Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. It's like he's going to need to he's going to need to get his ass kicked a couple times. And not physically beat up. I mean, he's going to need no. to like take a couple of thumpings. Like, there's going to be people that are going to throw the puck behind the net and just try to chase him down. When you have somebody barreling down on you from behind, you look at like Ty Smith, and it's like Ty Smith was good in a rookie camp too. And then once he started, they started throwing the puck in the corner after him, and people were barreling down on him. He didn't want anything to do with the puck. He exactly. was just trying to protect himself. Yeah, this head on a swivel. Now Nemitz is like twice the size now he's a big kid he's six one he's like 200 right. pounds he's just a big thick kid but um i liked what i saw out of him but there's still it it looked like a kid it really did yeah we're not gonna see i don't think we're gonna see him this year unless we have a lot of injuries you might see him a couple of games but you know you're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna play them him if you have you know uh smith waiting to come in or colin miller it, there's no need to. So, I think unless we have a lot of injuries, I think that, that you're gonna that. see him actually, um, and I think they're gonna just like try to sprinkle him in, right? And, and let him, him give him like eight games or something and, throughout and, the year. Yeah, it depends. I mean, they, it at this point he's signed, so it's not like it doesn't matter. Right. Um, if you if they see that he's really progressing the way that he progressed last year. I would not be surprised if it's the end of the season, the last 20 games of the season or something, they start to try to see like, Hey, listen, is this somebody that we're going to have potentially try to join us for the playoffs the way that they did, you know, Luke Hughes. And that doesn't mean he's going to dress every night, but is this an option that we could put on the back end if we need to right. add more scoring? Because he's going to score. Like he's definitely, he is very offensive minded. Um, fucker changed his number to 17. <laughs> You sent me the video. I watched I watched it and I didn't even pick up on it. 
And then, you know, I saw an interview with him. Amanda Stein was uh, doing an interview with him, and I just started laughing. I was like, it's like having a... Um, a number 18 Dawson Mercer, uh, yeah. who, you know, not to, not to, to change the subject, but Dawson's little brother looked pretty good in goal against Boston. He was standing on his head. I, I mean, he, not that I think that he's anywhere near, you know, our, our depth chart or anything like that, but he looked really good. Yeah. I'm trying to think who played in the second game. Who's our goaltender in the second game? Dawes? Oh, no, 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 no. I know who it is. I know who it is. Um, uh, Was it Tyler Brennan? No. Um, Yeah, I'm just drawing a blank. I could pull it up. Either way, man, he looked like shit. (laughs) He he, he He was bad. He, He was bad. He was getting, he was not, he was ugly. Um, but yeah, it's freaking changes his number. And I got this. Yeah. I'm going to have like, I'll be like the actual person that actually had a Brodor 29 Jersey. Really? Like that actually <laughs> not like that bought it off the internet in 2000 freaking 15. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's wearing 17. That's, that's, that's for all the crap. <laughs> that's that's for all the crap you gave Igor Sharangovich. It's uh, he's getting well, you back. Who else wore seventeen for the Devils? Tom Chorsky, Tom Chorsky, Peter Sikora. Yeah, I believe you wore seventeen. I did. I did. <laughs> and Kyle, <laughs> he did. He did. I I I'm actually looking at uh at a uh picture next to the bed where i have a 17 jersey on i think you guys gave it to me for uh oh it's just a random guy wearing a 17 jersey yes. right yes <laughs> but it says butcher him up oh it says your name on the back of it oh yes, that's it right <laughs> and that's it kind of looks it kind of looks like he's he's like uh standing or skating the way i used to a little hunched over there oh my god yeah that's uh i've never seen a defenseman wear 17 before that's now, a weird number for a defenseman. Now he said he wanted seven, but he heard it was already taken. Right. Um, so a couple things. The Devils, uh, the stadium series uh, tickets go on sale on uh, the 20th for us. So they don't come with your season tickets. They, give, they refund you the money because it's your, uh, you know, because it's technically a home game. And then you got to buy the tickets. Right. So are you going to be making it up for that? February seventeenth at uh, eight o'clock in uh, Giant Stadium, MetLife Probably Stadium. Not. Yeah. Sounds a little chilly. Yeah. Um, so it, either it, it's an event, though. It's something that it's a once in a lifetime. And I think if you buy tickets, I don't think you'd get you'd have a hard time getting rid of them. I was looking it up today, and they were <laughs> famous saying, last words. <laughs> Um, anybody wants to go to the uh, playoffs this year, just call us. We have plenty of tickets. <laughs> uh, um, they were saying that that the average ticket price for a stadium series or you know uh, winter thing is like five hundred bucks. Mm. And if you want to be down where you can actually see the game close, you know they're like nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Nine hundred dollars. You'd be to be pretty cold in there. Yeah, I know. But you know what? I just, I love the thought of tailgating. That's gonna be a fun tailgate. Everybody out there like cooking and like people playing out there. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, Against the Flyers, it, I picture like riot gear and. Uh, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> that's my <laughs> kind of fun. Riot like, game and tear gas and uh, a lot of police. Yeah, I was recently in, I, I was in Croatia for uh, like eight days. And uh, I don't think I told you this, but I was like, we were like hanging out. So we we did Dubrovnik. It's beautiful. Highly, highly recommend it. And then we were in Havar and like, I would see like somebody would be wearing like a Rangers hat or something like that. 
and I would just be like, you know, half in the bag, like, let's go devils. This guy's just trying to enjoy his vacation. <laughs> his like model girlfriend. I'm just like the drunk New Jersey guy, like yelling at him, like trying to find a urinal, like somewhere. <laughs> you can't help it though. It's impossible to hold it in. Ugh. I did find one person that actually may hate the Rangers as much as we do. And it's a neighbor I met Saturday night that won't go to he watches every single devil game um but he won't go to a devil ranger game i think it was just for fear that if they lose he would feel so bad he said that he's uh he's played in charity events with uh and uh and and just torments him the whole time so he's he's a pretty diehard fan that's that's funny. Me, me and when we went to the garden last year for the Devil Ranger game, which the first one, which to me was one of the funnest hockey games we've been to. And I've never seen so many Devils fans at the garden. It was me, Parabo and Kyle and uh, some guy like just some kid. He, he was like probably like, I don't know, 30 big dude. He comes over and he starts like busting our balls like out of nowhere during the intermission. We're just like standing there and he's by himself. And we're like looking at him like, geez. And we're like, dude, you need to work on your, you need to work on your insults, dude. Like it's gonna take a lot to insult me. Like, what are you gonna say to me that I don't already know? You know what I mean? So um is sure enough, this kid when we go we're like we're going back and forth at each other. And then sure enough, we go back to our seats, we're sitting next to each other. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, right? So <laughs> we're kind of like talking shit like going back and forth and it's it's not really friendly it's like actually like we're kind of like getting in, in on each other and and like Kyle's like I think there's something wrong with him dude like I think he actually like has like a problem you know what I mean like and I'm like I'm like bullshit he's just a ranger fan like this is how they act <laughs> and then it was the second intermission and and they got off to a two goal lead and then we ended up coming back and there was a second mission. Right. We were winning and I, and he was out there and he was walking around. He was like shoving his face, chicken fingers down his face. And he came over and said something. I just went to go grab his chicken fingers. Out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Bill leaves the man's chicken fingers alone. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Ranger fans can be brutal. Although we, we, oh. went, we went to the game, we went to, I mean, we went to game, what, six last year, uh, right? Yeah, game six at Madison Square yeah. Garden. Everyone was super cool with us. And then, I mean, for the most part, nah, they were. nah the Ranger fans that come to the Jersey suck. They Even do. at the, yeah, they do. Even at the Prudential Center, when you said something to uh, right before the game to the <laughs> Kako guy, there was a guy, a guy in the row in front of us, and he goes, ah, Kako, Kako sucks. And the guy turns around, he's probably closer to my age than your age, and he's got all like six, three sons, and he's <laughs> like, yeah, you want to say something? You want to go? Yeah, you want to go, buddy? You want to go? The worst part was- singing the national anthem. <laughs> I go, buddies. <laughs> Take your hat off. <laughs> the weirdest part was they weren't playing the Rangers. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said anything. You can't wear a Ranger jersey to a Devils game and expect me not no, to say something. No. So I'm like, yeah, oh, Kako sucks. Like, you want to go, buddy? You want to go? I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're like 70 years old. It's the National Anthem. I go, take it easy. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> All right. Well, the Devils announced tonight that they have um, they're doing their theme nights, and they and uh, so let, let's get into this real quick. Obviously, October twelfth is the home opener. Uh, we'll be attending that. It says that uh, the red carpet arrival begins at four p.m., which means, Dad, you'll be there at what seven a.m., eight a.m. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'll, I'll post up there. Have some eggs Benedict ready for everybody. Right. So we have that going on. Um, which I hope I hope to see everybody there. And then, so October 25th, we have Hispanic Heritage Night. Now, I don't think they get to do these pregame jerseys anymore because of all the backlash from the Pride jerseys of last year, which is, is so ridiculous to me. Wow, that's terrible. But, 
Um, cause a lot of those jerseys were done by, you know, um, fans from New Jersey and stuff. And I, I think it's cool to have, I mean, if you were, you know, Hispanic and you had a, you know, Hispanic devil's Jersey, that would be sick. Like, um, yeah. um, so stupid, but they have a, a mascot madness day, which is at 5 PM versus Minnesota, which will be a bunch of mascots from all over the NHL that are going to be there. And then the first 9,000 people are going to get, uh, the New Jersey Devil bobblehead. So I think the the kids will be excited about that. Nice. They do a, a military appreciation night on November 10th versus Washington. Uh, the first 9,000 fans re- receive a camouflage bucket hat, courtesy of Prudential and their concourse activations. Um, you know, the Devils did get a new food vendor who's going to be taking over the Prudential Center this year, which I think is really good because the food options at the Rocks suck. And there were so many stands that were left unoccupied. I hope that they're able to bring. Um, and like, that's the one thing I, I, I'm not like, I'm not a really a fan of Madison Square Garden as far as going there to see a hockey game, but they do have better food options than, than the Rock. Right. As you don't as, like the brisket. As you think they would. Yeah. I mean, you could you could only you know you can't no I know it's the only thing it's the only thing brisket for three nights that's <laughs> I'm gonna have a freaking heart attack um so uh, December twenty first yeah right it's like oh god so they're doing a they are doing a Pride Night on December twenty first versus the Edmonton Oilers. One of the things about the Edmonton Oilers that I was listening to on the radio today on the way home from work was they were talking about. What do you think, actually, I was listening to this, first of all, I listened to 32 Thoughts, they did a, an interview with Leon Dreisaitl, man, that guy is just, that guy is so cool, he just, that guy just gets it, he is, he is one of my favorite players, I, I just love the way that he plays, it never looks like he's doing too much, but he's always just like wowing you, like, you know, it's like, he's just a really smart, uh, good player. I got a question, do you think that Connor McDavid ends his career as an Edmonton Oiler. So I hope so. And to give you and I to would give, hope so. And to give you context, Leon Dreisettle's contract is up in two years. And then Connor McDavid's is up in three years. Do you think it's that they be hard both, to sign both so of them. listen, the most that you can sign a player to is twenty percent of the team's overall salary cap. And it's like he could get it. He would be worth it. Like I mean, but do you think that he ends up as an oiler forever because from what it sounds like is he's so obsessed with trying to win a Stanley cup that if it goes three more years and they're still not there, what is, what is he going to do? Right. He has no choice, but to jump ship. I got to go win. You know what I mean? Like only, only for the oiler fans, I would hope that. All right, but screw that. You know what? Nobody ever does. I mean, Gretzky didn't stay. Anybody can be traded at any moment. Yeah. And think about the amount of players that the Edmonton Oilers could get if they knew that McDavid wasn't going to sign. He goes into the last year of his contract, and they could literally, like, pretty much revamp an entire bank, team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you think that McDavid or do you think that Dreisaitl both sign long-term deals? I don't think that they can. I don't think I don't think you can give a, that that much of your your payroll to two players. Well, what are you going to do? You're not going to sign them? I mean, I don't, I don't think well, this is a question of if you're the general manager, do, are, no, would you're you sign saying, them? I'm saying, saying if you're the player, does the player want to stay there? If, you're, if they're going to get paid the money that they deserve to be paid, because the general manager will find enough money to pay both of those players. They're the two best players in the world, arguably. They Depends will, how bad you want a cup, you know? Well, that's what I'm asking. If you... If they're getting, I think that I think that they're close now. If they get a little good, if they get lucky with their goaltending, I mean, last year was a, they had a real real shot. Um, I think they're going to be right there again this year. Um, they're definitely one of the able, If he's able to get a cup, if they're able to get, if they uh, win a, a cup, cup, there he will stay forever. Right, absolutely. And you and you would love to see that. But if his contract's up in three years. And they haven't made it to a Stanley Cup final. By the time his contract comes up, do you think he leaves? I don't. I don't think. I think he gets paid. I think he gets paid, and I'm and not, he stays. 
he's going to get paid either way. I'm saying if he was to get the max amount of money you could get, do you think he's going to want to leave because he thinks he could win a cup somewhere else? Of course he's going to be paid. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think he would want to stay. I think he'd want to stay. I think he'd want to, you know, they don't have, it's not like they have, it's not like he's playing on the San Jose Sharks. Um, He's playing on a good team that are pretty much in it every year. So because of him, it'll, right? It'll, 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 you need it'll, a goalie. They it'll need, ha- they it'll have a lot to consistency do consistency. It'll have a that. lot to do with what Drysaddle does too. Like in the interview, it was basically Drysaddle was saying, "Like, listen, like McDavid pushes me to be a lot better, but like I push McDavid to be a lot better." I think you know, there's a lot of things that he's like Drysaddle was like. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to catch him, but like he doesn't have the size as me. He's like, my ass is twice the size of Connor McDavid's. I'll stick my <laughs> ass right into him. He's like, he doesn't have any. What is he gonna do? Like, I could protect the puck against him so much better. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, not without being cocky, not in those words, right, but he's right, like, right. he's like, come on, man. Like, he's like, we we push each other to make each other better. We're very close. So that's a that's a duo that you would hate to see broken up. It kind of is like uh, Mario Lemieux, Yammer Yager. Like, you know, those are two, those are two Crosby players. Malkin. Yeah, that you would really hope that they're able to to get it over the finish line. Um, and they're going to be a team that is definitely very high on my radar this year, especially to try to win a Stanley Cup. I think that they're they're right there. I mean, I don't see why anyone would have a problem with someone picking the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, okay, January 26th. Asian, American, and Pacific Islander Heritage Night. Okay. Um, This one's actually pretty cool. January 20th, Ring of Honor Ceremony. They're going to, Devils are going to induct their second ever um, franchise affiliate into their Ring of Honor. So they're not going to, they're not going to retire a number but they're going to induct someone into their, the New Jersey Devils Hall of Fame, so to say. Who do you think gets inducted? <laughs> give, me, give me a little heads up on this Oh, one. come on, man. Like, we're just talking. Like, who, <laughs> the most famous Devils. Who? who would the you? most famous Devils. Most of them have their jerseys up in the rafters. Um, you know, uh, Niedermeyer's got his jersey hanging, right? Yeah. Is he's retired? Um, so it can't be who like out of all the devils. Who do you think is the most important or one of the biggest devils that doesn't have their jersey retired? So not Danico, Stevens, Brodor, or Niedermeyer. John McLean, Sergey Brelin, Sergey Chico Resch. It, it won't be C. It won't be uh, Sergey. Although it could be. Why not? It should be. I don't know. He's, you know, he was around the longest and he was there for, for all the cups and everything. And he's, uh, so why would it a not coach, be? but he was, he was never like the fan favorite. I don't believe that he was, I think that when they, when they announced something like that and he was never like the, the leader in points or. Okay. Or here, whatever. so listen, the guy, the first, the only other person that's in the ring of honor is John McMullen, who is the guy that obviously brought the devils to New Jersey. So that's the only other person. So I, I don't. Jacques Lemaire. But it, I, I mean, Jacques Lemaire, he coached one Stanley cup team and Sergey Breland won three Stanley cups and has been with the organization for, you know, 25 years. I think Chico Resch could definitely be one of them. The guy's literally been with them since they moved from Colorado. Right. And I think John McLean could also obviously be with one too. John McLean is like a legendary devil. John McLean, I just found out, is Chris Reagan's neighbor and a member of uh, Tequesta Country Club. So he said that we can go play golf with him. In the summer months, of course. So... uh the- Rand- Randy McKay. Yeah, he. I don't think I, Randy McKay is good, but I don't think he's on that level. No, it's 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 that's it's tough. If if you gave me if you gave me a if you gave me a little while, I'd go through rosters and stuff, and I would come oh, yeah, up with yeah. something. I'm not. I don't have. Uh, you know, 
I don't have that, uh, you know, I don't know all the names that are already up there. Oh, go into the ham and take the coffee (laughs) and stab me here, here. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, uh, okay. I could think of a lot of great players that they've had. Yeah. Too hard of a question. Langdenburner. Okay. All right. Um, next up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, February 6th, black history month. Uh, 9,000 fans in attendance. They're really, they're really dead set on this 9,000 fans in attendance. Like, why not just give everybody one? Like, the first 9,000 fans uh, will receive a mini helmet courtesy of the Prudential Center, courtesy of Prudential. Uh, February 24th and 25th, Next Generation Weekend. Uh, the team will recognize John McMullen's service award to the Little Devils members taking over different game day roles. This is a okay so the first day the saturday is a dawson mercer bobblehead and then the sunday is a jesper bratt bobblehead there you go mm-hmm. a lot of bobbleheads I, going on i want them both <laughs> add them to my bobblehead collection. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll and then we'll put them in the ring of honor <laughs> now I'll have to figure out who's going in there. Jimmy Dow. It's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long stare at your bobblehead collection to think of who's going into the ring of honor this year. <laughs> All right. Uh March 5th, gender equality night. March 9th, video game day. Oh god, my kids will probably like that. First nine thousand fans in attendance will receive video game themed socks. Ooh. Okay, and there will be oh, video games set up on the main court, um, main concourse, and um, okay, and then on the last night it's Jersey Appreciation Night, and that will be a Timo Meyer bobblehead night. Oh, we need that one. There will be <laughs> there will be in-game prizes, activations, and jersey off our backs post-game to celebrate. That's pretty cool. I am going to try to get the kids down to where they could like high five the players coming out of the tunnel. Right. I'm going to do that. And you want to know what's really cool is Bo got a new pair of rollerblades today. Some new skates. Oh today. yeah. A really cool pair of Bowers. He's very, very excited about him. So now he you gets gotta... to, now he gets to verse William in front of the house. So he's pretty excited about that. Oh, that's it. That's how you guys got better. Yep. Street so, hockey. Yeah, he's got the blisters on his legs and stuff. He's, uh, he's sweet. Yeah, he's or you know he's all he's all beat up from breaking in skates and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, this is uh, this is what we got going on. So we have um, oh, real quick, come on, Connor Bedard, a hat trick in his first. Yeah, I you know so, what? As soon as you said prospects, I was thinking, here we go. Okay, it's here. Like, and, and and he did and he looked really good and what do you think his projected goals will be this year? Do you think he'll have over 30 goals? No, I don't. I don't. I think even if I'll they put him with Taylor Hall, I think that if he scores 20 goals, it's a successful year. Oh, you're going to get blown away. I bet I don't you think had, they're going to have the puck in the offensive zone long enough. I bet he has 35 goals. Wow, that's 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 very bold. I bet you he could be a point a game player I'll this bet, year. Yeah, I bet he has 30. No I bet he, way. I bet he has 30 goals and 80 points right now. I got 100 bucks. Uh, I would I would take I'll take that bet all day long. All right, all day long. Done. Wow. 30 goals, 80 points. I feel bad taking your money like this. That's that's too easy. I don't I don't think I think they're going to still be the worst team in the league or right there. San Jose, um, San Jose's probably the San worst. San Jose's bad. San Jose's bad and Coyotes are pretty bad. I'm going to look right now real quick to see what Las Vegas has it at. I don't know, so um I'm just Oh, what do they know? <laughs> they only do it for a living. <laughs> They're never right. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Otherwise, we would just do what they said and, you know, we'd take them broke. Okay. What's his name? Connor Bedard. 
over 30 and a half goals minus 130. That's literally what the line is. Huh. Pay me I, now. I still say now. I I still say that that uh, that'll never happen. It'll never be that. It'll never be eighty uh, point a game. 80, 80 points. No way. Nobody knows what the future holds, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paulie. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So our next. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Should I bring this stuff or no? Yeah, well, I, I, if you if you carry it, I'll do it. No, no, it's um, it's simple. I got this little bag that it folds everything up to, but whatever, we'll figure it out off the air. Um, either way, we we'll don't be, have to do it at the top of the mountain. That's all. <laughs> we'll be in we'll be in Asheville this weekend. We have uh, players reporting to camp on Wednesday, and before you know it, one week from today will be our first preseason game of the year, and uh, we'll have a lot to go over with that. We'll see who's really making an impression. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of eyes on Alex Holtz. Graham Clark, Nemitz, um, you know, there's gonna be a lot to there's gonna be a lot to take a look at. I'm really excited. But, I think Holtz is gonna get, is gonna be this is it, man. Like I'm gonna be paying a lot of attention to his game. So I'm looking forward to going over all this stuff and having some some uh, fresh topics to talk about. And it's hockey's right around the corner, it's starting to get chilly at night and in the morning. And football season's here. It's all about to happen. We're going to have a full, long season ahead of us. And the Devils look like they're primed to really put on a show. Not only are we good, but we're super fun to watch. Uh, This isn't your dad's Devils for sure. So um, you've been listening to The Trap. Dad, thanks for coming on as always. My name is Bill Botch, and we will talk to you soon. Peace. Later.
is the right. All we need is equal rights now. My brother, listen. All we need is equal rights now. What right? All we need is equal rights now. 